Welcome to Our Way Rules Podcast. I'm your host, Aliza, and I have to be honest, this podcast was born out of a selfish interest to learn more from other women about how they ended up where they are today, both personally and professionally. At Our Way Rules, we believe that when women share their stories about their own success, loud and proud, other women will have the opportunity to tap into that power and up-level their own life and career. That's why each week you can expect to hear from different women across different stages of their life and career, from different industries and different backgrounds, all with the purpose of bringing a little inspiration, light, and energy to your life. Because today, we as women are living our lives larger than we ever have before in every way possible. We no longer want to follow the rules that were laid out for us in the past. We want to live our lives and chase our dreams our way. And let's be honest, our way rules. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Our Way Rules Podcast. I'm Aliza, your host, and today I have, I'm going to call you my friend, because even though we have only known each other through Instagram up until literally this moment, I have my friend Kayla here. Um, Kayla, I actually came across Kayla by way of Danielle Bernstein and We Wore What. Shout out to them for bringing us together. I was so inspired and impressed by Kayla's art and immediately became a fan. And ever since that moment, I have been DMing you back and forth. And it's so fun to finally meet you. Um, And before we jump into it, I want to give a quick bio on Kayla so that all of you guys can get to know her a little bit better before we start. So from a young age, Kayla possessed a deep bond with the environment, constantly captivated by the intricate dance between plant and animal that surrounded her. Driven by an insatiable curiosity, Kayla embarked on a journey to explore her passion for the natural world. This led her to the University of Arizona, where she pursued her studies in environmental science, ultimately earning her bachelor's degree in 2017. As an artist, Kayla's talent blossomed through self-teaching, allowing her to bring to life the intricate environmental complexities she had studied throughout her academic journey. Armed with only raw canvas, acrylics, and resin, she masterfully crafts free-flowing and sophisticated works of art, which I can personally attest to. (laughs) While her style leans towards the abstract, Kayla finds inspiration in the gentle flow of water and the geological wonders that lie just steps away from her studio in Laguna Beach. The outcome is a collection of artworks that exude serenity and familiarity, harmonizing with the peaceful ambiance of our natural surroundings. So Kayla, I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the awesome intro. I do feel like we are, we've been in contact for so long now, gosh, <laughs> no. it's been years. So it's I'm crazy. Thrilled. Yeah, no, I thank you again. I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm um, super happy to be here today. Yeah, same. Thank you so much for being here. So um, before we actually jump into all the details, because I want to hear all about your journey to becoming an artist and how the partnership with We Were What came about, what sort of happened since then, I would love to just take, I would love if you could just take us all the way back to the very beginning, so your childhood, and just share with us a little bit more about how you're brought up, um, and where it all started. Yeah, so I am actually a Midwest baby at heart. I was born in Chicago, Illinois, a small town suburb, maybe uh, 45 minutes northwest of downtown Chicago um, called Barrington. And I grew up there until I was about 10 years old. So um, being in a small town, we were always outside. 
Um, you know, we were playing with the seasons. Obviously, we got really gnarly winters and we had the true fall weather, um, very unlike where I'm at currently, which is in California. Um, but, you know, I was just always in the outdoor and I was constantly immersing myself with um, you know, just being in nature. And my mom and um, dad, both very involved in their careers and very passionate about their careers, um, were not really present during a lot of that. So, you know, and that I was always playing outside with my sisters, keeping ourselves occupied and really making the most with what tools we were given to uh, make the days pass. Um, but basically I grew up in Chicago and when I was 10 years old, we decided to move across the country to California, um, to be closer to family. Um, my mom also had a job opportunity out here. So we said, why not? We're taking the car, packed everything up and just took off, um, where we landed in Laguna beach. So been here ever since, I think I haven't moved within like a three mile radius since then because I love <laughs> wow. <here> so much <laughs> and I will never go back to Chicago because I mean, oh I, God, yeah. <laughs> as much as I miss those seasons and everything, I do not miss the winters. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, ever since I've been here and, um, you know, my, again, my mom and dad were always very involved in their careers and passions. So we were actually brought up by a lot of um, au pairs and nannies. Um, and with that, we got a lot of really interesting backgrounds as well. Um, one nanny in particular who was with us for a very long time, um, she was an artist and a pianist and had a really huge influential part into where I am today and my, um, you know, stylistic approach to, you know, interior design and my art and, you know, just music. Um, and, you know, it, like I said, it really echo has really echoed where, um, you know, I'm at right now. Um, so I really owe it to them. And, uh, you know, again, when I started getting older and went through college, I started listening to, you know, what I wanted to do and, you know, my past art passions and, uh, just have been ever since kind of my background, been here in California and, um, you know, love what I do really kind of made, uh, the most of, you know, my, my gift and creativity and yeah. uh, continue to do so every day. It seems like it. Um, I, so I guess, is there like a moment in time that you can remember where you were like, oh, wow, like this art thing is like something that I love and something that I good at? Is, is there like a moment that you can like put your finger on where that you had that like light bulb moment? I mean, it art has always come natural to me. I mm -hmm. always was practicing it. I mean, some of my first memories just come from art class in like elementary school. And you know, when like the art teachers like hand you a piece of clay and they're like, make something with it. And they like do like an example and they're like, replicate this. But like, I never wanted to replicate that. And I always tried to like make my own thing out of it. And like everyone uh, like became so impressed with it. And I think I was just out of external validation, like, oh, like mm -hmm. this is something that I am naturally, you know, good at. Like maybe I should keep practicing this. Like, you know, people like to see what I do. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess, yeah, that was like really my first turnkey moments when I was much younger, where I was like, okay, like this, I also really enjoyed love doing it, but the external validation of like, I'm going somewhere with it was nice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like we're all sort of looking for that. That's not, that's not uncommon for people to be like, oh, other people think I'm good at this. Maybe they're onto something. <laughs> exactly. Especially as a kid too, like in, in school, like a school environment, you're just like constantly taught to like stay and draw within the lines. And then you're given this class where they're like, all right, go crazy. But, and then like, you know, the first instance I'm given, I'm like, okay, like this is really like makes me happy. I love doing this. So yeah. 
That's awesome. And it's cool also to see that like from an early age, that was something that you were drawn to and then you've been able to really turn it into a career for yourself. So I guess like along those lines, so now you're, you've decided to go to U of A, I guess what happens um, at U of A? Like what did you study and how did you like continue or maybe not like, but how, how did you continue keeping art around in your life? So Again, I was always kind of motivated by the external validation of, you know, you go to school, you get good grades, you get a degree, you get a corporate job, nine to five. And so it was always a plan to go to college. Um, I chose a degree in environmental science that I felt came easiest to me. Um, you know, again, just being in the environment all the time. And, um, you know, my father was actually a geology uh, or geology major and, um, you know, he became a contractor, tree worker, always in nature. So I'm like, oh, I probably inherited my love for the environment from him. We were always talking about the weather. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that makes the most sense then to go major into that. Um, little I know it it would entail a lot more math and science than (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah I previously figured. Don't you hate that? Where like you get in your major and it's just like suddenly, oh yeah, you have calculus, by the way. It's I did like, the same I thing. Do <laughs> yeah. Yep, I did the same thing. Yep. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. So I really kind of went in with uh, you know, just trying to do what I thought was best for that current moment. And um yeah, I mean that pretty much kind of was what led me to major in environmental science. And Um, Doing so at University of Arizona gave me kind of a new appreciation for, um, you know, living in California, not as if I didn't already have it from living in Chicago before. But Mm -hmm. once you get older, to have the experience of living living within and outside your bubble in a completely different like climate, desert, there's nothing going on around you, um, you know, really brought me like a lot more inspiration from my surroundings, too. I love that. So when you were in school, though, what did you like if if you take yourself back to those moments. Like what were you thinking was going to happen when you graduated? What was the original plan? If you had one? No. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, yeah, no. You know, when like you're in college and like you have this kind of vision, like, Oh, I'm going to be corporate. I'm going to wear stiletto heels and <laughs> yeah. like wear a blazer and like cute every day for work. Like you just have like the vision of like what it's supposed to look like. And then when you graduate, you kind of are like, what the hell am I even doing with my life? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. A hundred percent. Yeah. It, that was kind of, that was me. And when I got out, I, I just really was like, felt lost and felt like I was flailing around. And, you know, I feel like some people are given some advantages based on their degrees that they choose or, you know, family connections, networking connections that they may have done in internships. Um, that, you know, maybe I didn't have the opportunity to do or, um, you know, didn't have the just network to do. Um, so to see friends, you know, get out of college with with a nine to five job and like a consistent, you know, um, schedule and, you know, salary it was really hard. You know, people started moving out and I didn't want to live with my parents like I wanted to be on my own independent like I was in college. Um, so that was really hard to kind of, you know, come to terms with for sure. So what were you doing then when you graduated? So I I basically just started doing art. This is the time period where I would make my days pass by just getting my hands dirty with watercolor, with sketching. Like I didn't know, I didn't play with other mediums. I wasn't a serious artist ever before either. Um, 
So I just kind of like picked up, you know, a paintbrush one day and started YouTubing stuff. And then when you're on your explore feed on Instagram, you're scrolling and more artist stuff starts coming up and you're like, oh, I want to try that. So I just was really like leaning into having an open mind. And um, yeah, just I really was just taking my full time into art at that point. Um, And I'm always someone to have my hands busy. So I had to it was a good like release of therapy as well. Absolutely. I'm sure that a lot of people who are artists feel the same way where it's like, when you're in it, you're just like in another world. And so it's so it it makes a lot of sense that that turned into something that for you was like very therapeutic, especially in a time that was like, feeling so chaotic and uncertain. Like, it it sounds like it really was very grounding for you, which is really cool. Totally. Yeah. So I guess at what point did you realize like, okay, I can actually make like a business out of this and I can actually sell my art and make money from you know my therapy of like coloring with watercolors right well yeah literally (laughs) that's what it started off was just starting with watercolor and then like I said I started something across like you know Instagram there was new art mediums I was experimenting with um and that's when I came across this by the way this was 2017 what year was it yeah Yep. 2017. Um, like I graduated in June and now this, these are the months between, uh, July, August and September, um, where I was just literally just throwing paint on canvas. And I, my parents were like, what the hell is she doing? <laughs> like, so I give them a lot of credit for being like patient with me, but there was also a lot of pressure behind that too. Um, with like, you got to get a job, Akila. Um, but anyways, um, where was I going with this? I, oh, where I took off. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot behind it. Um, so basically I one day found resin and I started throwing, you know, resin onto charcuterie boards because, um, you know, my family comes from a big entertaining family and, um, you know, everyone loved it. Suddenly everyone was like, I want to get this for, um, you know, my daughter has a wedding coming up. My mother-in-law has her birthday. Like, can you just make me one? And I was literally going, trying to keep track of like finding these charcuterie boards we began with. This is when charcuterie boards weren't really a big thing. Like they were in Mm -hmm. 2020. Um, of course they were out there, but they weren't like a dime a dozen, like everywhere. I was literally driving 40 plus minutes, um, sometimes to go to like a home goods and like find charcuterie boards, like wooden charcuterie boards. Yeah. Um, so I just started noticing there was a lot more of a demand in it. And, um, then we rounded up to October and I was like, you know, like I keep getting consistent, like, you know, friends reaching out to me, like saying this is like really cool and they, they want to gift this. So why don't I just do a pop-up in the middle of the mall on black Friday? Because there was like an Etsy pop-up shop. I was like, it's other small sellers. Like, why not? I'll just go do it. Um, signed up. It was like maybe only like $50 for a booth. It was a full day from like setup was like 7 a.m. until 10 p.m. because they were holiday hours. Wow. That's a long day. (laughs) Not like a normal little like farmer's market keeps like you're like full in the trenches, like hustling all day. Wow. Um, Yeah. So I ended up preparing about uh, 20 boards that I made and that Black Friday sale, I sold out within um, just a few hours (laughs) and I was signed up for the next day as well. And I'm like, I don't have any more inventory, but like, I don't know what to do. Like, what's the process here? And they're like, you're, you're amazing. Like just go home, go rest. And so I was like, okay, there's a huge demand behind this. Like, this is really like a gap in the market. This is again at the time when there was like nothing, no art done on these functional art pieces. 
um, resin wasn't as widely used as a medium either. So it was a unique application of it. Um, and then, you know, decided to do Christmas Eve and the day before Christmas Eve in the mall, same pop-up sold out again. And I'm like, okay, this is definitely, I got to jump on this train. Like, you know, this wow. is fulfilling for me. Um, you know, I'm making good money from it. It keeps my day, it keeps me active and my days full. So why not just fully pursue it? That's amazing. I love hearing that story. And as you were talking, I just realized that like right behind me is oh my one God. of your paintings, oh <laughs> which I can't even believe like I did any, and it's crooked. I need to fix it. No, like, I thought so. I kind of like recognized it a little bit. It was a little <laughs> yeah. dark in that corner. So how funny. So, yeah. yeah, it's one of my favorites. And it, like I knew when you put, we'll, we'll get to it. But when you put out that collection, I was like, I need, I need. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that is amazing and it sounds like you were not only like I feel like the difference between people who love art and then pursue it as a career is like having that business acumen also to be like oh wow like you're using language like it's a business I mean now it is obviously but even back then to be like there is a gap in the market and there's there's demand for this right like those I feel like are things that that really from an outsider's perspective, at least I know nothing really about the art industry, but it's like from an outsider's perspective, to me, that sounds like something that would really be like the differentiator between someone who's like, I love art and someone who says like, I am pursuing art as a career. So I guess like in, in that moment for you, like, was there a shift in your mind when you were like, okay, like this is now, you know, not, no longer going to be like my therapy, my like release, but I'm actually going to start to take this seriously. And like, what, what changed for you in those moments? So after I really started realizing again, like it was something I could potentially pursue um, after those holiday markets, but I eventually realized in that next spring that I was like, oh, like, you know, it kind of drops off the market, of course, like everyone's like less in the buying mode and art really didn't become like a full-time, like serious, serious thing for me that I was doing, like had 110% energy towards until um, COVID when that happened. Um, like everyone else, you know, we all got laid off. I actually got laid off like a month or two before the news of COVID um, got broke. Um, and so that kind of put me in a scenario where I was like, I have to keep my hands busy. Like I need to do something. Um, and I just started. You were, you were also working a nine to five then. When did yes. that happen? So that happened. I got a little, it wasn't nine to five. I was kind of splitting between the two. So in the first few months when I started art, that was kind of a full-fledged thing. But by that, after those holidays, when the market dropped off, I was like, I need to supplement my income some in some shape or form and started working remotely, um, you know, just into landscape design and marketing. Um, so that has always been kind of like my side, like you have to have, and this is also comes from, from a business perspective too, um, especially when you're a startup, it's best to have your consistent income to fuel your passions and then you can let them take off and you after you put all the back end work into it. And for many people, that's that's months, that's years, you know, but um, I was fortunate enough by COVID when I started putting 110% in blessing in disguise, I got laid off um, that it completely took off with the we were what feature. Um, so it was a little bit more about that. I want to get into that because that, that to me feels like such a once in a lifetime opportunity. So can you share the story of like how, first of all, like who, for those people who don't know, like who we were, what is, and like how you got connected and, and how that whole thing sort of formed and took off. 
Yeah, so we were what is um, founded by a um, influencer and fashion designer. Her name's Danielle Bernstein. She's located in New York. Um, and she has always been a very influential flat factor, not only in the fashion, fashion industry, but also small business. Um, you know, it's kind of been like giving her some rough parts here and there. However, she has been a huge help in the small business community when COVID happened, especially, mm-hmm. um, she basically just one day noticed that a lot of her small businesses she was working with or friends, um, were really struggling. And she put kind of a notice out there saying like, Hey, like, I would love to support in any way possible. Like, send me your small business, send me your story. Um, I would love to share. And, you know, mind you, she has like over like 2 million followers. And I was just, I'm located in Laguna Beach. I don't have any mutual friends with her or anything. I'm like, where are the odds she's going to see my DMs? And my sister, who's actually a great, um, a longtime follower of hers as well. She sent it to me, she's like, Nikita, like, just do it. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, what else are you doing right now? Like, a little sisterly, like, tough right. love. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, yeah, no, she, she pushed me to just send a DM to her and I wasn't expecting anything out of it. I literally was like, okay, fine. Like, I'm just going like, to like, write like two paragraphs, like whatever. And then she replied like a minute later and was like, I would love to, um, you know, I love your products, love your boards. Mother's Day is coming up. I would love to gift your board to my mom. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. Like I would be more than happy to. So I packaged up a board or two for her, sent them her way. I wasn't expecting anything else out of it. I was just stoked that like she has one of my pieces. It's, I have a piece that's in New York now, like that's huge. I can say I'm national like yeah, <laughs> versus doing pop-ups here in Laguna beach. It was huge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she shared it then on her platform, on her stories and within, I'm talking like overnight, um, I sold out of everything I had wow. and I had people just, I had like hundreds of DMS being like, when's your next collection? Like I want more, like, why can't you make more? And like, I was just so overwhelmed. And like, my cup was like so full. Like it was completely unexpected, but in a way I had prepared myself for it. In the previous months I was doing all the rebranding, all the, like all my effort was going into it, but I wasn't expecting anything in return. I would just happen to have lined up with luck and preparedness to get me to that moment. Um, So that was kind of like the story about how it started. And then she opened up, her opportunity to do the small business pop-ups that you know of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was um, given the opportunity to fly out there and we did a pop-up that following uh, holidays with a handful of small businesses. And I had some of my boards there and sold out there as well and oh my got God. my first trip to New York as well in the middle of COVID. So I had no oh crowds. So that was amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's incredible. It's, it's like one of those moments where I feel like for anyone who's listening that like is scared to sort of like take a step or put yourself out there, it's like, yeah, maybe like 99% of the time it might not turn into anything, but there is still that 1% chance that like, that is the moment that just totally changes everything for you. So I guess like, obviously, with that comes like a lot of validation and excitement and energy and momentum. So what happened, like what happened for you both personally and within the business that sort of were the, like that came out, that came out of that opportunity. So that's when I started to take all my steps to suddenly expand. I, in my mind already had like the whole business perspective. Like I need to capitalize on this opportunity. I can't just cash out. I can't just be like, Oh, I sold out like, great. I'm going to make more, but I also need to pay myself. Like I was already in the rationing, like, uh, like, 
just starvation, starving artists, like kind of mindset. And, um, I just put all that money back into the business at that time. Um, so that meant, you know, me continuing rebranding. I got dust bags for my boards. I outsourced a new woodworker who could like produce more boards quicker for me, um, better resin, better pigments, um, you know, improvements in my studio. And, um, also just kept putting the time back into developing marketing tactics and everything. Um, that's kind of been, yeah, my whole direction with that. And, and, uh, it was, it was scary. It was scary yeah. as well. I was not Absolutely. sure what's all again. Right. That's, that's a really good point. And I think that, so for, for anyone who, for who is listening, that is like just getting started doing their own thing or is dreaming up like what might be next for them, what would be either, what would be some tips that you would have for like how to jump in? And I mean, cause you talk about like, like rebranding and, and outsourcing and like all these things that probably like in, in hindsight to you, like at this point, maybe are like are a long time ago for you, but like for somebody who is brand new to having to do any of that, what would, what, what sort of tips would you give them to be able to like take their idea and get started? I would just say that it doesn't take, you know, someone that's gifted in business to be successful in it. Um, I think the most valuable skill you can have as an entrepreneur is just learning to trust your gut and being two steps ahead at all time. Um, you know, you can, it's like the most valuable skill aside from just being a good test taker or good at computer skills or having like the best, like well-rounded resume. It's literally all about continually pushing your boundaries and learning how to listen to your intuition and when to prepare for, you know, oh, manifest and something happening. I'm going to be then putting the back end work ahead of time. If it doesn't happen, oh, well, but I still took the time to put into the work and realize, okay, I know that I'm still bettering myself along the way, regardless of if I'm going to make a check out of this, if I'm going to be paying the bills out of this um, and having your backup options. But when those opportunities do arise, you're going to be all set up. Like you are literally going to be guaranteed for success. Um, so that's always been something that I've told myself is just to be over-prepared for everything. Um, it can be very overwhelming at times when opportunities are just like, you know, showing up my front door and I don't have the bandwidth or the help to really address everything. But as long as I know I'm doing my best to be the best prepared I am for, you know, whatever circumstance that may come my way, then I know that I'm going to be, you know, successful in the future. And, um, again, just learning to trust my gut, knowing deep down, you know, what I am meant to do, what my purpose is aside from just my passion, um, and what that's going to push me the longest way. Yeah. I love that. And I think that like the energy that you give off is like so confident and self-assured, like it really, I mean, trusting your gut is, is one thing, but then like, it seems to me like you really have like even the next level of that, of like not only trusting your gut, but also like feeling confident enough in yourself and the decisions that you're making to like really drive really like as your North star, like that's driving you. I'm, I'm curious, like if you have any idea of where that comes from, cause I feel like that's not, that's not always necessarily something that is just natural or people are born with, but like really has to be worked on. I think it really is from like your role models too. And like who you're listening to and, and who you're following on social media and really cool. choosing to put a filter on who you're surrounding yourself with. Because um, at the end of the day, regardless of what your circumstances you were handed as um, you know, in advantages in your life, it's really all about who you're surrounding yourself with. Um, you know, nowadays, especially with social media putting, you know, giving you the option to follow people and, mm -hmm. um, unfollow them. Like you take advantage of those tools and you really get 
into the nitty gritty of learning to streamline like and cancel out the noise that you feel isn't serving you every single day. Um, and as a result, you just find yourself more attuned to a wavelength that you're just, you know, you're on your own path. You're going to envisioning yourself as your highest self. And when you put your energy towards that, then you're going to become that. So that's kind of where, I, where I I've always been. <laughs> I literally like get it. Like, I, I'm not going to cry, but I actually am like feeling like very emotional over hearing you talk like this. And, and I think that what's so amazing about like hearing you talk that way is that like, to me that, that is, I've always been somebody who's like very self-assured, very self-confident, but in the entrepreneurial space in particular, it's never been something that I like in the past, it's never, it was never something I was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Like I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to forge my own path. But you're so right that like, there's just the power of social media and networking and finding people who you look up to. I mean, I, the reason why I'm doing this is because of a very favorite podcast of mine. Right. Okay. Sis podcast. They're incredible. Like hearing their stories day after day. And yeah, it took like four years of me listening to that podcast, but like they always talk about on their show, like this idea of expanders and how like, there's people that you need to surround yourself with people who are expanders, whether it's personal relationships or, or online, like being around that kind of energy of like people who are one or two or three steps ahead of you that you can look up to and you can hear them and you, you can like really internalize the messages that they're sending. Like, because the same thing will happen if you're surrounding yourself with the opposite, like, and it's so easy to fall into that and to surround yourself with people who are going to say to you, like, you'll never make it. It's not worth it. It's not worth your time and energy. And like, even if you don't realize it consciously, like that, both of those things really, really can affect you and how you choose to move forward. So I guess like, how, how have you gone about really like canceling out that, or I guess before I even ask that, like, had you had any people in your life that, that doubted you, that told you like, don't do this. And and if so, like, how did you get past that? Yeah, I mean, that was uh, probably the hardest part of my journey. Um, I love my family and my family is, you know, supportive in their own ways. Um, again, I was raised in um, by parents who are very passionate about their careers and um, they've done certain w- things in certain ways to be successful. Um, and, you know, I think that the hardest part and the heart is of being an entrepreneur, especially is hearing feedback um, of opinions from family, especially it's one thing from someone, your DMS, um, that's still, that still burns. That still is not fun to receive <laughs> at all by any means. I'm not disregarding that, but when you hear, um, you know, any kind of feedback that, that, uh, is telling you, you should be pushing yourself in a different way that you're not doing the path that is going to put you in the best success, even though deep down, you know, that like you're on your own, you're, you're doing great. Like you're doing exactly what you envisioned that you'd be doing a month ago or five days ago. Um, but my, yeah, my family was really tough on me at times, especially coming out of college, you know, again, everyone was coming out with corporate nine to five jobs. Um, you know, it was expected that I would do that with this fancy degree and, um, very hard degree that I worked hard to, to graduate with as well. And, uh, they weren't very happy with the, um, you know, I wasn't really putting that to use off the bat. Um, so, and I also going out of college too, like, I don't think that there was enough advisor or advisory of or just like mentors to really be like, it's okay to do your own thing. Like 
mold your own career. You don't have to be fitting into the box of like being a data analyst or like being in a lab. Like, you know, they literally give you, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> this is the career path that like you go into. Right. That's like total BS. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but you know, I think for my family was the hardest, um, you know, aside from just their opinions coming out of college, uh, you know, it's also, I'm sure you hear this too, with small businesses, um, you know, family always expects, you know, the discounts, the advantages, the, can you do this? Can you paint this? Like, and I love, I love doing stuff for them and having them hanging up in their house and stuff, but you also be very protective of your energy. And at the end of the day, it's your own, this is a personal venture and, um, you know, your creativity, especially is sacred. And uh, you want to surround yourself, again, canceling out the noise of people that aren't really supporting your work wholly and fully and paying the full price and, you know, believing in the value that you put into it. And it hurts. It burns, especially from your family. Um, But they still are, you know, supportive in their own ways. Um, You know, it's just those initial times when you're getting your business up and off the running, like off the ground, um, where they're just like, not sure of where exactly you're going with it. Yeah. And it's hard to translate that either too to them. You know, it's hard to communicate where exactly what path you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like you, it's talking to them, having these deep down conversations. I wish that I had with them and saying like, can you just trust me? Like I'll give you, I'll put everything out on paper for you, but I just need you to give me five years. And that's been really in a business model as well. You give your passion or a passion five years. If it doesn't work out, move on. Like, you know, it's not a big deal, regardless of what age you are. Like, you can always start over and you can always, everything will come full circle as well if you just keep sticking to your gut again. Um, But yeah, sorry, it was a long explanation. But that was so I, I literally, I feel like the way that I'm hearing you speak is like, there's so much good stuff that you're saying. And it's like, I could snip any of this and it would be like so <laughs> inspirational to just put out on its own. So, okay. Yeah. I think I, I love that advice of like dedicating five years because I think that like that you're totally, and I feel like I've heard this on Shark Tank. Oh, you hear it on a Shark Tank all the time. They're like, if it's not, if it's not working, like go shoot it in the backyard or whatever. Like you can't yeah. as like an entrepreneur, you can't always be so attached to what you're doing. Cause you're right. If it's not working out and it's supposed to be your income, then like you kind of have to figure it out. And so I guess like on that note, I would love, I would love for you to go in a little bit more, just like having followed you for the last five years or so and sort of seeing your journey. Like I, I have some insight into, into how you've evolved, but I would love for you to share just a little bit more about like how you start, how it started versus how it's going, right? Like how you, how you started out and then like how you sort of have transformed your business into what it is today. Right. Okay. So let's back up to 2021. I'm like, even right. We're there. Okay. <laughs> 2021. I'm doing my collections. I'm selling out every collection. You're grazing, your board collections. My grazing board collections. Yes. You know, I, I uh, am not doing any artworks like I once had started off doing. Um, I am now solely committed to making these grazing boards, producing 75 to 180 boards each collection out of my tiny little garage. Um, So you're still working at home at that point. I'm still working at home. Yeah. This is 2021 now is actually, I went full time with it in November, 2020. This was after I exploded. Sorry, backing up even further. Um, But now I'm full time with art. I'm making all these boards, backbreaking work, Um, but I still am loving it. I'm loving the marketing approach to it. 
I'm loving the releases. I'm building relationship with these clients across the nation, even across the world. I have commissions that were coming in. Um, and it was just a great experience for me. But with that said, my back, my hands, my wrists started breaking down. And even though I was outsourcing help at this time, I had hired interns, I had hired assistants. Um, I was slowly starting to find a creative block within, um, you know, everything. And I, and I, it was just not coming as naturally to me anymore. It just started off very slowly and then just started building, building, building. And I'm just like, I can't, this is, I'm running myself into the ground. Um, in 2021 of, uh, December, I landed myself in the hospital because I had gotten so stressed and so sick and wasn't sleeping. And, um, you know, my body was just exhausted. I was working myself up so much. I couldn't slow down. I was just like a runaway train. Um, and that was really kind of the turning point to me where I was like, I need to slow down like this. I told myself before this, but this is like the true sign. Like I cannot be, I'm landing myself in the ER. Like I can't do that again. Um, and so I was pretty much in bed for the next two months after that, trying to recover. Um, gotten COVID during that time as well. Oh, of course, the cherry on top. (laughs) (laughs) The first variant came out and it hit everyone. I'm like, great, this is awesome. Like what else could go wrong? (laughs) And so uh, finally came out of, um, you know, being in hiding, I guess, and uh, just started approaching art with like a different, um, you know, feeling and, and just trying to be really a lot more protective of my energy. I said, I'm pulling back on these grazing boards. I'm doing smaller collections and I still wasn't getting the same joy that I was getting from it. Like deep down, I was like this still, even at this rate, just making like 30 boards, each collection, this was too much. Um, I was now creating out, out of a vision that wasn't my own, but what would look best? What was the best marketing approach for it? The best theme? Like it wasn't me and like my true deep down Mm -hmm. art anymore. Like I wasn't able to the flow state. So I kept kind of, you know, doing the smaller collections. Again, it was still at this time, I kind of now pulled in another side job to be able to pull back from grazing boards to give myself a little more of that relief for paying bills at home, which was very hard um, because I didn't want to do that. I love being my own boss. Yeah. (laughs) And I love doing art every day. Um, but you know, it was what was best for me. I didn't want to be putting myself in that, in that scenario again. I didn't want to put my family in that scenario again. It it killed them seeing me like that. It killed them seeing myself, put myself, like, you know, just putting myself down, um, and being a lot more critical on my own work. Um, so after a few months, I kept kind of doing the consistent grazing boards. I started with my artworks again and, I felt so much relief from this to be playing on a larger surface. And I cannot begin to tell you, like, it was as if I had like a whole reawakening in me. Um, and I, like, I can't even explain it. Like, it's just kind of one of those things where you have to you go through seasons of your life. And that was like a winter season. And like, now I was kind of like pushing myself back into exploring new realms, which wasn't, you know, scary. Yeah. Um, uncomfortable. So October of, um, 2022 was when I officially rebranded, um, from Kaylory resin to Kaylory studio to where now I am focusing solely on artworks. Um, 
at the time being, I don't anticipate I'm bringing the grazing boards back likely until only the holidays because they are a holiday item. People love them still. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing that to protect myself and, um, you know, my future as well. Like I don't ever want art to turn into a chore. So mm-hmm. kind of where I'm at today. Yeah. <laughs> Exploring and I- still. <laughs> I love hearing that story because I think that especially going back to talking about like you sounding so confident and trusting your gut and trusting your intuition, it it almost to me feels like the moment that, that, that stopped and you started focusing more on the business than the intuition and like the, the reason why you were doing what you were doing, that's when it started to get away from you. And And as soon as you came back to what your actual like why was, like why you were doing this in the first place, why you love art, like that's when it came back to you and like stopped, you know, actually being something that you were, um, it it stopped being something to run away from and started being something that you could like really come back to. It's it, and it just goes to show that like trusting your intuition sometimes like does actually work. And um, I don't know, does that, does that like resonate? Does that? No, for sure. <laughs> no, for sure. Again, it's like, like I said, the most valuable skill you can have um, as an entrepreneur, even in whatever creative or whatever field you're in is just learning to trust your gut and you have to build it like a muscle. Um, yeah. And it's also like going into any business too. Like you are going to fail more than you will succeed, like regardless mm-hmm. of what you do. And you have to learn to be okay with that. Um I mean, you hear everywhere from any motivational speaker. That's the first thing that they'll say. But truly just by leaning into like trusting your intuition and like building that sixth sense has been huge for me to get me through those hard times, to get me through the harsh critique, um, you know, to get me through, you know, battles with my internal self and, and like mental illness. It's just it's not easy for anyone. Yeah. And you sort of answered the next question I was going to ask. I was going to say like, if, if you were to give some advice to anyone out there who is feeling burnt out or feeling like they're like running a, you know, getting off course or like, what, what would you say are some like tangible things that somebody could do as soon as the episode is over and they go back to their regular life? Like what, what's not like a quick win that someone can have to sort of try to snap themselves out of that feeling of burnout? Well, I think that at the end of the day, you need to take a step back and realize that only you are in control of your life. It may, depending on if you're a nine to five or, um, you know, to pay the bills, you still are in charge of your own decisions and your thought process every single day. So, um, and the only way you can fall in love with your life is just by making your own decisions on your own terms and canceling out all the other noise. Um, That starts with, you know, for someone that's listening to this, just really getting nitty gritty and um, looking at, you know, who exactly is determining your vibe first thing in the morning, Mm. especially Uh, your morning routine. And yes, your podcasts, um, who you listen to on the radio, or even just your music too. Like, it has more of an effect on your subconscious way of approaching your decision making um, throughout the day than you may expect. Um, so I think that is the best way, regardless of your situation to make the most of your life, um, and make the best of each situation. And people love like, you know, inspiring people, like they're the ones that are in control of those things and that recognize those things and teach that on to others. And that's something, again, like I love to do. And I, that I learned the hard way many times, but, um, yeah, it's, I can't emphasize it enough. So true. And I think that that's like such a good 
tip that is so easy to start. I or I shouldn't say easy because I, I do think that there's a big difference between simple and easy. Like it might yeah. not be easy to tell yourself like everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. I'm going to have a great day no matter what. Like it might be simple to do that, but it might not feel easy. But I think you're totally right. Like, especially the first thing in the morning, like I know if I even wake up with like an ounce of like not feeling spot on, I like jump out of bed and I look in the mirror and I tell myself like, bitch, you're going to have a great day today. Right. Like, right. <laughs> and even just like saying it out loud and like looking yourself in the eye, like, again, it's something that's so simple that you can add tomorrow or even right now, like to tell right. yourself that, that takes no time, no money, no thought, like no nothing. Um, and can really to- like totally change the course of your day. And then, you know, the day turns into a great week and a great week turns into a great month. So I love that. I think getting control of your thoughts and choosing the positive ones can be so helpful if you're feeling like you're burnt out or in a rut for sure. Oh, right. And, and like you just said too, like it's, it's more life is a marathon, not a sprint. And like, you are not going to be, you can't turn your life in around in 24 hours. Like it may seem like you have your good days and bad days, but as a whole, it takes work to, to put in the effort to make sure that you're living up to your own expectations and, you're staying true to your values and it's always a battle internal battle with yourself. But as long as you're making that step forward each day, that's the best thing you can do. And and it may not seem like it, but just at the end of the day to take a step back and be like, you know, changing the batteries and my remote was a step forward today. I, yeah, I, I love it. I didn't have to go locate and buy more batteries because I know how many I have now. Like just things like it's so stupid, but like just little things like that, recognizing those little wins. Cause as yeah. an entrepreneur, again, you're taking fail after fail after fail, but just taking a part and getting like super, super into like that was a positive out of it. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's one of those things. Like you got to make the most of every situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really quickly. I, I, I've realized I forgot to ask you, can you share a little bit more about your process? Like when you either, I, it's probably slightly different for commissions versus your collections, but like when you decide, okay, I'm going to release a collection at the end of this year, what happens next? What do you do? So the art process as a whole, is that you're like kind of yeah. where it starts from the very beginning? Yeah. Um, mainly, so I'll all kind of start with like a color palette that I feel inspired by. And normally that's from where I'm traveling to, um, you know, an environment time is season. Um, so I'll really kind of start my whole brainstorming process off of that. Then I'll kind of go into, okay, what mediums do I want to use? Because as of last October, I started branching out using different mediums. So I have a whole like plethora of tools I now can use and I'm comfortable with using. Um, so just depending on, you know, what vision I'm going for, what medium I'm going to use and for its application. Um, from there, I kind of am then developing around the whole feeling of it. Like this even extends well into the art process too, where I'm, like really like how is this making me feel applying these colors like what's coming out of this how am I you know approaching the new problem solving issue of making the whole composition come to life um so that all kind of extends into the actual pouring process but um so yeah I start making the artworks it usually takes me about a month month and a half for most of my works to get done um, but yeah, then from there, it's just like full finishing out, rounding out, polishing, sanding, re like just signing back at artworks, paperwork, 
all the admin stuff that I'm not excited about. (laughs) And then the release where, you know, I am pushing to the audience of, you know, what I've been working on um, and really giving them like kind of the background look at it and making them feel this is also really important for me as a business and making my followers feel like they're just involved in the process as I am. And um, I think that, you know, art is very subjective but, uh, you know, to the everyday person, but when you give that exclusive look at how much love and, um, effort and just focus goes into each artwork, um, I think it brings a whole new value to, you know, what it speaks for when it hangs on your wall and (laughs) the one behind you. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I think that you do such an incredible job of that specifically, like, there's clearly so much thought that goes into the the vision and like the social media, the behind the scenes. Like I, I even have like in my head, like memories, I guess you would call it of like seeing your social media stories of like your wall to wall covered in like in boards, <laughs> just like the insanity that actually goes on behind the scenes for it to end up in your house. And, and like your teasers of your collections, like everything is just so good and so well thought out. And I think to somebody who's not like tuned into what actually it takes to do that, like it might just seem like anyone else's content, but for, for people who, who understand, like it really, it really like shows how much you love and how much just like passion and energy goes into every single little detail that you put out into the world. And it's so impressive to see that. I just have to say. No, I I also like to put myself in the audience's shoes and I'm like, kind of like, okay, how do I want to be Mm. like, how do I want to be excited about this artwork that's going to be coming out? You know? Yeah. Okay. So I want you to share a little bit more about what you are most excited about that is coming up in the next couple of months for Kayla Ray Studio. So right now I'm rounding out um, two of my largest commissions that I've ever created. Um, they're heading across the nation. So really that's... Wait, give, us a vi- give us a visual for what a large commission looks like. Just so We're that people talking understand. like I have two pieces that are seven, pe- seven feet by five feet. So wow, that is very awesome. large. <laughs> 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 my wall, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're pretty damn big. Um, which I'm super proud at, like just chipping away. It's not a piece I can just turn around and like, you know, a couple days or a week. Um, so I'm excited about that. But I also, as in a whole for the brands, I'm really looking forward to um taking a step into developing another collection um by the end of summer, fall. Um you know, last year I had my first art collection with my rebrand and that was really pivotal for me taking steps, getting outside my comfort zone. It's still scary for me to think about like, Michaela, you're doing a collection. And I'm just like, still feel like in my head, I'm speaking out loud, like the negative feedback of being like, Oh, but are you ready yet? Like are you ready to experiment? Like I'm so, uh, but I am, I am looking forward to that. And, um, I, you know, have already been brainstorming and, um, you know, hope again by the end of summer, um, and then holidays still, you know, planning on doing the grazing board. So we'll see where that takes me. But as of right now, my focus is just getting the commissions done and then also releasing this art collection that will be coming at the end of the um, summer. I love it. The last question that I want to ask you is if you had to take a look back at yourself and you were face to face with your 20, 21 year old self about to graduate from college, 
what is one piece of advice that you would give yourself or like something that you would tell yourself in that moment? Um, hmm. Well, I think that it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be, you know, like what you thought you had envisioned for your life to not actually come to fruition. Um, that there are other lessons to take away from it aside from just the loss and what you could have done better, but instead your wins of how you, um, you know, you've taken the time to assess, you know, what you can do moving forward. I think that's the biggest thing. I think that we're so taught that we're graded on all of our, um, efforts and come like put up against other people. But at the end of the day, life is just a game against yourself. Um, and it's really just about channeling who you are as a person. And, um, you know, you're constantly learning who that person is over your lifetime, regardless of if you're, you know, 18 or 75, like it's always, you know, a learning process. Um, I think just looking at life, like in that perspective and that lens is the most important thing you can do for yourself. Um, you know, especially in your twenties, they're not easy, but, uh, you know, being a little bit, giving yourself a little more grace through those hard times is definitely important. Um, and something that I wish I, I had known a little more when I was back then. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. You are just such an inspiration. I'm so happy to finally meet you and talk to you. And um, I'm so inspired by all the work that you've done. Obviously, if it's not apparent, like I'm a big fan of yours. I have multiple boards from you or artwork. I mean, I, I, cannot love it. I can't wait to commission a piece from you one day. That is like my, when I have financial success, like I'm, you are the first person who I am coming to for sure. Hands down. You know that I'm always ready. And, and yeah, I, I cannot begin to express for, you know, for you as well, just following along for a small time and putting the effort into, um, I mean, getting to know me as well and the feedback, um, you know, through who I am on, on Instagram and everything, it goes beyond that. And I hope that that also transpires through my art to you and my followers. Um, because again, this is, this is something that I love to do and I consider myself doing this for the rest of my life. I only want to keep learning too. So I hope so because (laughs) the world needs more of your stuff. So before we close out, let everybody know where they can find you, where they can find Kayla Ray Studio, what they can expect, where, you know, if they want a commission or anything like that. Yeah. So I'm mainly posting a lot of updates on my Instagram, um, which is at Kayla Ray Studio. Um, I also have a TikTok, which is at Kayla Ray Studio and Pinterest as well. Um, but I really do love sharing a lot of video content. So, um, I would say TikTok and Instagram are my two biggest, um, platforms where you can really get to know me, see my background, um, and, you know, see behind the scenes process, which I love to share. So amazing. Well, thank you so much. This is so fun. Um, and for everyone who's listening, we'll see you next time. Bye.